Hello, once again, CIAC fans, and welcome to another edition of the CIAC cast. I am Joel Cookson, thrilled to be along with you today as we head into one of our favorite weekends of the year, football championship weekend. This Saturday, four state championship football games will be played, and we are going to tackle those, no pun intended, with a, uh, a first for us here on the CIC cast. We had a little conference call with three of the best writers covering high school football around the state of Connecticut. We talked to Sean Boley of the New Haven Register, Ned Griffin of the New London Day, and Kyle Brennan of the Waterbury Republican American all joined us for a uh, little discussion. Those three gentlemen are going to dive into the weekend's games. So we're not going to waste a lot of time here. We're going to get right to their discussion as it was uh, a figure to be a very, very interesting one. We're going to quickly bring you, as we always do first, our message from the friends, our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. It's sim- as simple as this. Sending and receiving a text takes the driver's eye from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds. If you're driving at 55 miles per hour, that is the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind. Do not be doing that. Please, please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. One text or call could wreck it all. Certainly don't want to be seeing that here as we head into a very fun weekend. We never want to be seeing that. Keep the phone put away. So let's very quickly dive into things you might have missed on CICsports.com and it is a lot of football this time of year as you would expect we head into the football championship first of all tournament central that's where you've got all of your brackets all of your rosters we're going to have the the program that uh, normally would be able to buy at the game that's going to be up online for you to download but we've got rosters, we've got schedules, we've got all of the information that you could want heading into the football championship weekend. We've got that at Tournament Central. We also have on CICsports.com the football championship headquarters there. We have previews. We have links to the live stats. We have links to the live video streams for all four championship games this weekend. All four will be available on the NFHS network. Perhaps most importantly, we have links to online tickets. Save time at the venue. You'll be able to not maybe waltz right in, but come pretty close to waltzing right in. If you buy your ticket ahead of time, there's no additional fees, no additional surcharges. Same price you would pay at the gate on Saturday. Buy it online. Bring it with you. You just hand it to the uh, the gentleman as you come in. You won't have to wait in line to buy tickets at the venue. Encourage strongly, strongly, strongly. That's three stronglies. Encourage folks to buy their tickets online ahead of time if they're heading to the game. You'll be able to get uh, as close to right in as we can do at our uh, venues here this weekend. Of course, those venues, West Haven High School, will be hosting the Class L and Class M championship games. Willowbrook Park Veterans Stadium in New Britain will be hosting the Class S and Class L championship games, 10-30, your start time. So lots of good stuff. CICsports.com and Tournament Central off of CICsports.com. That is where you can find all of the information you will need for this weekend's championship. So that's uh, that's our quick version of things you might have missed on CICsports.com. Now let's get this thing started, a little championship football roundtable with Ned Griffin, Sean Boley, and Kyle Brennan. So we're trying something a little different with this edition of the CIAC cast with the busy football championship weekend nearly upon us. Four state championship games going on, two at West Haven High School, two at Veteran Stadium at uh, Willowbrook Park. We bring on three, we'll call them esteemed high school football writers around the state to, uh, uh-huh. to join us for a little group conversation here and uh, a little roundtable discussion. We have Kyle Brennan from the Waterbury Republican American. We have Sean Boley from the New Haven Register, and we have Ned Griffin from the New London Day. Gentlemen, thank you for, uh, for experimenting with here with me here and uh, and being uh, being with us today. Esteemed panel, yes. Esteemed was esteemed would be the uh, the 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 best way to describe uh, all of you gentlemen. So we're just going to kind of go game by game through the through our contests here and let you guys talk a little bit about what you're uh, what you're expecting to see, what you think are kind of the big storylines and uh, and so forth as we dive into a championship weekend. So I always feel like we you know we always start either small to large or large to small. So I'm going to mix it up a little bit here and just dive in with class M where you have Brookfield taking on new Fairfield teams that uh, 
as have been mentioned, uh, are very familiar with each other, uh, conference rivals, and have played already this season. What are we looking at as sort of the storylines, and, and what do we think will be sort of uh, what's going to be the difference for, for teams as, uh, as they battle in the Class M final? Well, I'll kick it off because I saw the first game, um, and it, it was much different than what we're probably going to see Saturday because in that game, Duke Fairfield went in, and when I spoke to Anthony Pacheta about it, uh, he said they, they thought that Brookfield was – to beat Brookfield Mizu to pass, and they quickly found out that wasn't the case. And in the second half, after they were down by 20-7, 20, 20 I believe it was, uh, they decided, you know what, we have the offensive line, we have the personnel, let's just you know line up and, and just smash them out football. And they got right back into the game. And that's, even though they lost that game, uh, they've been on a streak since then, and their defense is awesome. And their offense has – found out what it does, and that's just smash mouth football, and, and I think that's what they want to do this time. They figure this is a, they want to complete that comeback that they didn't get to make in that first game. They love the run with Chapati, the, the, uh, the, the back who came back and then had a nice game against Ledger last week, and then, uh, and then the defense has just been outstanding. I mean, when you think about it, when you shut out both St. Joe and Ledger, which two years ago had like one of the highest scoring games in, in CIC history, uh, that's impressive. So it, it, I, I see this as a, as a uh, smash mouth, you know, really low scoring game. The defense is kind of setting the tempo. And whoever makes the you know the big you know drive is going to win it. Ned, what do you got? You saw you saw your boys from New Fairfield. My boys, they're your boys. They're your doppelganger. Well, that is true. I mean, they're great. Oh, but. Uh, Having watched them, actually, someone brought this up. Looking at New Fairfield, why were they ever trying to throw the ball? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, they got. I mean, they got they got some dudes up front. Uh, my biggest question is which which Brookfield team shows up? You know, because they've been a bit wiggy this year. I, I never understand how they lost to Benell. And no offense to Benell, but four win Benell and Brookfield with all those you know guys back from last year's state championship team. Uh, I'm I'm just confused about that one. Um, you know, but if you know, Brookfield show, you know, if the if the Brookfield team shows up, uh, you know, it's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be a lot of smashing. <laughs> yeah, it might be twenty, might be ten pass attempts and lots of burly men smashing into one another. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, they're. Uh... I, this this is like this is Ned sort of game. This is like football sort of game, you know. Lined up. I remember back in the preseason that this was Brookfield was like he was all that, that was Sean's boys there. They were this guy's all state. This guy's like all state guys all over the field. I thought you were going to vote him number one in the preseason to be completely honest. <laughs> and then uh, Sean, he was the first one who said, "Look out for Fairfield." Well, I did. Hey, I. I was on the new Fairfield bandwagon. I had them in my preseason poll. Let me come on, Kyle Brennan. Let's go. I mean, but um, no, they're they're. It's just New Fairfield feels like one of the teams that has consistently gotten better throughout the season. I think when you get down to state championship weekend, you pretty much find the teams that have gotten better um, all year. Um, and New Fairfield's probably the maybe maybe the prime example because they started off a little bit slow. They had the loss early in the season, and they were kind of squeaking out some wins. Um, but they've really, they've really rededicated themselves. Glad to see Tripati's healthy to be the, the running back there. He just cracked 2,000 yards um, for the season, and I think they've just got the momentum on their side in this game. You know, from game to game, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of just clicking around to see if anybody's ever pitched shutouts through um, through an entire state postseason, at least since the two rounds started. Um, it would be a heck of a feat. I mean, I, I think it'd be quite a task to hold a rival in Brookfield out of the end zone uh, at a state championship day. But if they do it, man, what a, what a fun story that would be! Oh, yeah, the first downs in the playoffs. Yeah, that's even more impressive. Forget the shutout. <laughs> Four first downs in the playoffs is ridiculous. I mean, against St. Joe and Ledger, like, let, what was Ledger's? Uh, how many points did they score uh, last? Ten games or something. Oh, it was God, it was something like uh, like three hundred points in the last eight games. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I and mean, I I, picked, I only picked them to score two touchdowns. I picked New Fairfield to win, but I, I mean, I felt even bad about that. I'm like, I mean, this is Ledger we're talking about. They're not. They're no slashes. They shut them out. Yeah, 
I mean, cats like Russell Howard, uh, New Fairfield, one of New Fairfield's linemen, you know, Brian McGonagall, their linebacker, uh, another linebacker, AJ Pro. They were just they just swarmed. Yeah, well, I mean, in the second, I mean, just looking at the game story from the first game, in the second half, New Fairfield only scored six points, but it was an even match. It once they just committed to running the ball in the second half. I remember at one point, you know, they it was like a long clock eating drive, and the, the, their offensive line was really, really stuck the tempo, and, and uh, well, what tempo it was. They were, and they, I think they committed, they converted four first, first down, uh, four fourth downs in that play, and then they hit Chapati for a touchdown to pull within uh, 20 to 13, and then Brookfield came right back at him. But, I mean, I, you know, I see that I, I, again. I mean, Brookfield, I mean, everyone talks about Brookfield's heritage, held in class, and, and as Ned mentioned, they really probably should have been a little bit better this year. But you look at the Benel loss, you kind of shake your head at that one. And then they had their guys injured against uh, Newtown in that loss. Um, and I, speaking to some of the kids, I think that they feel like they're peaking at the right time. They, they're realizing their potential. You saw it a little early, and now late in the season, you're, you're seeing it again. Um, and, but the, you, we talk about Brookfield, you know, class has been to now their third straight final. Um, and they won that, uh, that, uh, what was that Pop Warner, uh, state, oh, excuse me, national championship down in Disney. The team that was always like second fiddle to them was in, uh, Pop Warner was New Fairfield. And these teams have had a battle back and forth over the years. So uh, I think this senior class for New Fairfield, it's pretty deep. I mean, I think they're all seniors with the exception of, you know, maybe uh, maybe Kyle Brennan on the line, and they they feel like you know this is their time to finally get one back. I think the last time they beat uh, Brookfield was uh, freshman year. They ruined Brookfield's undefeated season. Um, they actually did not have an undefeated freshman team there, Kyle Brookfield, because of well, I don't I don't believe that for one for one second. That's, uh, yeah, that's, but they're all like we were. They are all like we were undefeated freshman year. Like, uh-huh. and then I said, Hey, Brookfield, were you undefeated freshman year? Like, no, no, we actually lost to Fairfield. But go figure. <laughs> By the way, I found the answer to my self-proposed question. The only other team to go, uh, or the, the previous team to go through a playoff undefeated uh, or uh, with a couple of shutouts through the entire thing, New Britain in 2003, shutout Greenwich and West Haven in double L. There you go. I'm happy. Yeah, the black shirts. The black shirts. I remember that team. Good team. Sounds like the sort of information a, a sports information director or media relations person should have uh, entered this podcast with. But uh, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, we ha- as we mentioned, and, and you talked about that first matchup, do you feel like, you know, that that having played each other and, and that familiarity, obviously they're familiar as league rivals, but even that familiarity from that game, is that an advantage or disadvantage to either side in particular? Or do you think it's just sort of they both now have that, have a little bit of knowledge and uh, and can go forward? Is there Does that benefit one yeah, side I or asked, the other? I asked them that question, um, and they both kind of said it was a you know, double-edged sword. Yeah, they know them so, so well, and they know what the other is, but, but at the same time, that may, be, that may hurt because there's no surprises. So, I mean, once again, I think it's just going to come down to, you know, Braun versus Braun, and whoever decides to, you know, muscle up the most in this one will win. It's sort of hard to have any surprises when they're just running into one another on the offensive lines. Yeah, this is a dream matchup for you, man. Absolutely. So I was like that Brookfield Berlin game last year. Like, uh, yeah. That what what was I calling it? That was that was the Archie Moore's wing tee done in ninety minutes ball. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, and we had that nice on a nice fr- on a nice Friday night. Get everybody home early. That was nice. So the the consensus here <laughs> seems right. to be that we've got it. a uh, a low scoring defensive game. Is is that the the general consensus that I'm uh, I'm hearing from you folks? Yeah. Too. Yeah. Usually, when we say that's going to happen, it ends up being like thirty-four to thirty-one. So we'll go with it, and then watch the points balloon. I'm going to say seventeen, uh, seventeen, fourteen. New Fairfield, though, they get the kick this time. All right, so we, uh, I think we've uh, we've covered Class M. Let's uh, let's jump up to to Class Double L as we talk about teams that. Uh, were impressive in the semifinals. Maybe nobody more so than uh, than Darianne, the number two seed, knocking off uh, Southington, defending champion Southington, taking on a Shelton team uh, that's back in the finals after coming oh so close to winning a championship last year. How do you guys see uh, the the class double L number two versus number one matchup between Darianne and Shelton playing out? Oh man, uh, I would have loved it. I think my colleagues will agree with me. I would have loved it if Shelton didn't have all like most 
most of their top players uh, on crutches, although Canales is off now. But uh, having those guys in this game, I think, would have been just a delightful matchup between the two teams. Um, you know, Shelton's here again, so you got to give him you know points for that because if any other team that loses the guys that they did uh, to injury, broken legs across the board, uh, probably wouldn't even be back in the state final. You got to give credit to the coaching staff and, and the, the players that are that are still healthy and ready to go for Shelton. They they survived a pretty big test from Newtown last week. But Darian, I, Darian right now seems to be playing at just a different level. I, mean, I, I don't know anybody who thought that they would basically shut out the number one team in the state. That's what they did. Uh, I mean, Rose scored at the end. Jason Rose scored at the end against the JVs. And uh, you know, had that game been a little bit, maybe a little bit closer, they would have had the, uh, the stars in. That would have been a shutout. It was dominating. Uh, they sacked Rose. They made him run. They couldn't. He couldn't find anybody to throw to. Uh, the defense was out, lights out with the Gatorade Player of the Year, Mark Abanchi, but. Not to be undersold, their secondary, um, their secondary with, with Bobby and Christian Trafone, Rob Coach Rob Trafone's um, twin sons, and uh, Tyler Grant and Hudson Hamill, who's probably one of the best players in the state. He just makes plays. Uh, that defense is the best I've seen this year by far, and I, I don't know. I'm, Shelton's got a lot going for it, and, and they can they can score points too. But you know, they're going to need a lot more uh, to crack that defense. And Darian's defense offense is with Jimmy Graham at quarterback. No one's been able to stop him so far. It was the same thing with the Southern. So, I mean, I, I see Darian. You know, I see Shelton ha- hanging around a little bit this month, but I think Darian's just, uh, just going to be too much. Go ahead, Ned. These are your boys. You're covering the game. <laughs> uh, boy, I don't know how Shelton's going to manage this. Uh, you know, just watching a Southington game on tape, you know, if it wasn't, you know, Mark Ivanchet, the defensive end, you know, crashing in on Rose. It was Rose just trying to find any receiver that was open. Uh, and then <laughs> when he couldn't find one, then getting uh, bum-rushed by Darian's defensive line. Uh, yeah, that is that is a tough matchup. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to see how they're going to, you know, how they're going to try to slow Ivanchet down. Uh, you know, Shelton's got a good, you know, good tackle there in Matt Delanen uh, on the left side to, you know, try to battle Vanchek, but oof, that's just a tough matchup. And, you know, like Sean mentioned, with the number of injuries Shelton has suffered, uh, you know, I think it sort of cuts the margin of error down a little more. I mean, even Vanchek against one of the best tackles in the state, um, Lucas Yang from New uh, Cannon, still got sacked. I mean, as, you, as Ned pointed out, and I had Ned watch the FCX Championship game, he kind of gave me a little insight into what he thought. Because Ned CX is another guy here, I'm just going to do take the videos, but um, Ned pointed out that a lot of it was coverage that, you know, they just had nowhere to go, and, but, but if you, but even, even Ivanchik can just find teams and, and get in there on his own, and he's just that good a player, and he doesn't even look a heck of a lot impressive when you see him in person, but when he's out in the field, man, he's a monster, and, uh, you know, uh, he certainly proved himself last week, but that's going to be very tough, I mean, if Shelter had some more weapons, some more options to go to, some guys to get open, like Canios or, or Sam Kirk, um, I would have again. I would have a lot more confidence. But I mean, but again, like like you said, Ned, their offensive line is is really tough. It's done. It's great. Um, it's one of the best. I think Shelton's a little better. Actually, maybe even a lot better than than Southington. Even at this stage, uh, they just seem to be so well versed and, and determined to to right the wrong from last year. But again, I, you know, I, I, they need some more weapons. I think. Yeah, I you know, I just I just think of that defensive backfield. And again, I just think back, you know, what this something's in my God. <laughs> that was that was impressive. It's uh when you've got the best secondary in this I mean, you could just look at football as, as a whole. When you've got a secondary that just doesn't lock things or is, is able to lock things down the way that Darian does, it just makes everything so much more difficult on an offense you're playing against. I mean, I think Southington knew that it was going to have to to run the ball some with a two talented backs in the semifinal, and it couldn't even do that, you know, because Darien just had their athletes back there just too good. They didn't have to sell out uh, on the back end to 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 do uh, to stop Southington. And I think, you know, I, I think everyone was pretty quick to jump down Southington's throat in terms of a whole oh, told you so, told you they weren't any good. Like, let's relax. Southington is a good football team, and Darien did that to them. So, because that's that's where everyone's go nowadays. If someone loses or someone gets blown out, it's the worst team ever. Told you, overrated. Don't ever talk to them again. Like, 
everyone needs to chill out a little bit. And uh, and so where you're at with Shelton here is we, you know, it, it's even full strength. I think that Darien's probably still, you know, they're just a steam steamroller at this point. And uh, you know, it, like like Sean said, you got to be impressed with the job that the coaching staff of Shelton um, did this year. I mean, I've talked to coaches that said, you know, this I think, and folks that we have talked to would all agree um, that this Shelton team is better than the one that was last year because even though they don't have a Mark Piccarillo like they had last year, they're so much deeper at every position. That's why they're in the, the spot that they're in right now because they lost three two-way starters basically and have able have been able to get back to this point. Um, so kudos to getting there, but you know, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to, to break that defense or, or stop uh, stop Darien, which just seems to take advantage of all, all the mistakes that it, it creates defensively. That, that was the question about, I was um, going to ask. Uh, uh, you know, their I... quarterback, Darien's quarterback, Timmy Graham, was beaten now. Mike Collins and Jason Rose, I mean, with the help of the team, obviously. But I mean, he, he deserves to be up. I mean, he was kind of like the third, maybe the third fiddle in state quarterback this year. And he's really, I mean, just the way he's played is he's been flawless, basically. He made, he's thrown an interception or two here, but in spots during the game where really didn't matter much. He's been awesome. He played over 70% of his passes. Not bad. Yeah. Yes. Well, it helps when his guys never, ever drop anything. And that they yeah. just, and they also, they just, they just make plays. They and Hamill they and Duquesne the way they run the passing game is just so crisp. It's ridiculous. All right, so it sounds like uh, our, our our esteemed panel here is is favoring a uh, Darianne getting off the schneid after uh, dropping consecutive championship games against Shelton in the or excuse me in, against New Canaan in previous championships and uh, and earning the title this year. So let's uh, let's move on now to uh, to Class S where uh, we have again some familiar foes, although they haven't played in uh, in several years in a state championship. But Bloomfield and Ansonia, two teams that uh, have earned a lot of hardware over the course of their uh, program's history, bat- matching up in another one versus two game uh, in terms of the seeds. What are we looking at in terms of storylines and, and keys to this game, gentlemen, in Class S? Kyle, well, field to go. Yeah, that's true. I, I, uh, I've seen both these teams. I saw Antonio several times this year. saw Bloomfield last week. Um, I, I haven't been around as, as long as these guys have been around, but I don't remember seeing a team faster than this Bloomfield team is. I mean, they were just all over the place on uh, Monday night against Seymour. And it's not a matter because you've got a couple guys for Antonio too, with the Jeep Dagley and Tyler Bailey, who are just they're quick, they're burners, they can they can do it all on the football field. But Bloomfield's got guys just all over the place. There was a guy, Dwayne Roberts, is listed at five five. There's no way he's five five. He's got to be like five two five three. Uh, he got the ball twice in that semifinal. Ran on an option pitch for 57-yard touchdown, and then caught a, a screen pass, a tunnel screen pass, and took it 96, 94 yards for a touchdown. Like he only gets ball twice, and he did that with it. He just he sparked right through whatever defense Seymour uh, was playing, and Seymour was you know a capable opponent. They were missing their best defender, but still, it's not like that Bloomfield was doing it against chopped liver over there. And he's won. Rayshon Phillips. You know, I, I talked to him at the the luncheon on Tuesday, and the first thing you just look at him—he looks like Cam Newton. He played he's, he's got a lot of similarities in his game, but the fact that he's he's six four, he's two twenty, he's a pass first quarterback, which you know you wouldn't necessarily expect by the way that he can run physically and, and with his speed. But he looks to air it out. He's got just a rocket of an arm. He can flick it down the field fifty yards effortlessly. So I think that becomes a big key to this game as to whether. Bloomfield can win some of the one-on-one mashups down deep down the field because the Warhawks they're going to go for it. Um, it's I don't want to call it an easy way to beat Ansonia, but the Chargers have been beaten deep a few times this year. They were beaten uh, in the semifinal game against Trinity Catholic once, um, and they've got some some speed and some size of wide receiver too. You got Russell Thompson Bishop there on the outside who's who's the big receiver, but there's more of those guys as well. So. You know, everyone knows what Antonio likes to do on defense. They like to man down, lock it down on the outsides. They've got Bagley and Bailey at corners. They've got a, a safety playing deep. They try to man with the outside backers uh, on your on your slot guys. And then they line up 3-3 stack and blitz away. So if Bloomfield can either protect Phillips or if he can make some quick decisions or if he can scramble, um, I think Bloomfield will be right in. It's, 
to me, it, it comes down to the type of pressure uh, Antonio can get, and if they can keep Phillips, you know, in the pocket and, and minimize that time that he's got to throw, because Antonio's going to score like like they usually do. I mean, Bagley is playing the best football that he's ever played right now. Um, so to me, I think that this might be just looking at it athlete for athlete wise, might be the most even game we have of the four. I think New Fairfield, uh, Brookfield's pretty close in the styles and the physicality that they play. But a more open style, I think these two teams are uh, going to put on a pretty fun show on Saturday morning. Sean and Ned, anything to add after that uh, that very comprehensive uh, breakdown from Mr. Brennan? I like you. He, he, you've seen those guys more than I have. I haven't seen Bluefield yet this year, so that's one of the teams I have not seen this in the finals. So go figure. But um, you know, I, I, I have a hard. I mean, I'm trying hard to find reasons to um, not. Uh, to, to actually pick Antonio this way, I just just based on what I've read and just from the film that I've seen, sometimes Bloomfield seems to be maybe a little tad undisciplined and maybe sometimes they've overwhelmed it a little bit uh, at times. They did lose their first game to Berlin before they got that fourth attack, um, but that was the first game of the year. So I mean, they just seem like they're on a, on a roll right now. And um, and I just I, I, I agree with Kyle that it it's going to come down to who just makes the big plays. It seems like Bloomfield just loves to break that big play. And Antonio gave up a few uh, against Trinity Catholic last week. Um, you know, it was you know kept Trinity around a little bit, but this seems to be a, a whole different team with a whole different um, you know with a lot more guys they have options to go to, and they're just big up front and they're senior dominated. And you know, and I, I and I can't. It's hard to pick against Antonio because they're just so well coached. And they have two of the best players in the state, and the kids on the team who have come back they they basically are all new guys, and. For them to be in this spot to get here is just a, is another impressive coaching job um, by the, the Antonio staff. And um, I don't know. This one, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be pretty much a, sh- a shootout. Uh, but you know, I, I, I just like the way Bloomfield's playing right now just overall. I mean, that was an impressive, impressive victory over Seymour, which, like Kyle said, and, you know, and didn't have their best player. No, no slouch at all. So um, that was very impressive. So, you know, right now I think uh, I'm kind of leaning toward Bloomfield in a, in a, in a shootout close one. I'm leaning toward Bloomfield, yeah. Wow. Okay. Just because I, I, I picked Antonio to win the whole thing. But now I've come to learn that it's a big game, never bet against Antonio and that coaching staff. Yeah, and, the well, other thing, yeah, and the other thing I've wondered about is, you know, and I love these Catholics, they put it up a win. Love them. Yeah. Bloomfield had to slug it out twice at East Catholic, and East Catholic was not a Bagley or a Bailey. And to be, to, and to spell out for people, that would be Tajik Bagley, Antonio's uh, running back, defensive back, and receiver, uh, defensive back, Kyler Bailey. Uh, you know, those are just two legit weapons. So I'm, I'm wondering about Bloomfield. Here's what I lean back on towards this: is to, number one that Seymour has got. Seymour had a player in Jalen Kelly who had just been killing everybody, including Antonio this year. He ran for 130 yards, I think, in the first half against Antonio back in October. So he's legit, and Bloomfield completely stifled him. Granted, Seymour didn't have their best offensive lineman, so he really didn't have anywhere to go. But, you know, so they've, they've seen a guy who's clearly got athleticism. I, I go back to the point where Sean mentioned that, you know, you look at some film and sometimes they can be undisciplined. And, and I've talked to coaches who said that was the big knock. You know, they would say that Bloomfield, the most talented got the most talented roster in Class S, but you never know what you're going to get from them. Uh, they committed, I don't know what the number of penalties was, it had to be in double-figure penalties in the semifinal. So that does exist. But I think when you get a bunch of athletes out there, and Rayshon Phillips is, is an emotional-type leader, you can see. Sometimes that's the type of team that plays down the competition, which, again, no offense towards East Catholic or anything, but they're not Ansonia. They're, they're with a you know, regular season opponent and then the conference rival in the quarterfinal, you almost play a little down to that and, and keep a team in. But then those types of guys, they play right up towards competition. I have a feeling that might be what plays out. Uh, yeah, I was told the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was told the same thing. They, they seem to play up to whoever they were playing ever since the, the Berlin loss to start the year. Um, you know, depending on who they played. I mean, you look back at that East Catholic game, the first one in the, in the regular season. They were up 38 to 16 on that East Catholic. And then they kind of shot themselves in the foot and allowed East Catholic to get back in the game in the second half. And they looked closer than it really was. 
So, and then these guys have showed up in the second game, and you watch that, which is why I picked Seymour. I'm like, you know, they have all these great players, and you hear all these great things about them, but, you know, these caps was right in that game the second time around. So, um, I mean, it, that's something that Antonio can certainly take advantage of. And I, you don't see Antonio make mistakes ever. Uh, they're just so well-coached and well-versed, and, um, and that's obviously going to be a factor, which is why I think this is going to be pretty close. I mean, if Bloomfield does kind of get to that malaise and they start shooting themselves with a focus penalties, um, you know, Antonio's going to take quick advantage of that, and then and that would mean big, big trouble for Bloomfield. All right, so it sounds like we're looking for a uh, maybe a little more high scoring and uh, and and tight uh, class S final. So let's uh, let's wrap up our uh, this kind of general look at the uh, championship games. Class L, West Haven High School, beginning at two uh, thirty, will be um, we have New Canaan, the number six seed, taking on North Haven, the number one seed. A little bit of a different sort of championship pedigree with these two teams. New Canaan has won back-to-back titles coming in. A very familiar spot in the championship game. North Haven comes in unbeaten and uh, making its first ever championship game appearance. Very different styles as well, which has been uh, much discussed. What are we sort of seeing in uh, in this Class L final, and, and what do you think we're going to see this weekend, guys? Old money I versus new money league. Literally. <laughs> Madison Adverts versus Arthur Ash, as uh, Tony Zagnellis called it. Um, and Ned, have you seen North, uh, New, uh, North Haven? Uh, on tape, yeah. I have not seen uh, him, believe it or not. I worked with him in Register. I have not seen him live this year because Poochie's always got those games. Um, and they, they, everyone kind of, they kind of jumped into the statewide consciousness when they just kind of just beat the heck out of. Um, Notre Dame Fairfield in that regular season matchup, and they haven't been slowed since. The only time we actually saw them slow, actually, a little bit was in the semifinals against uh, Weathersfield, which really came to play and had plenty of chances to maybe even tie that game. Um, uh, they, but, you know, this New Cannon team, you, you saw what they did last week against uh, Notre Dame, and that was just mind-blowingly impressive. I thought North Dame, uh, New, excuse me, uh, Notre Dame, West Haven had a great defense, and they had only given up, you know, the only time they ever gave up any points was to North Haven. Um, even in Shelton, they, they only get a lot of 10 offensive points, and I, I thought that would be a lot closer game. And Mike Collins, the quarterback in New Canaan, his receivers, they're not as good as last year. They, they don't have Alex Lost, please, just made plays. But if you have Kyle Smith back, and he, and he just put on a show, they just carved Notre Dame up, which got a pretty good pass defense with Nico Regani and everything, and it was just not even a contest. And that was really impressive. And coming into this game, you know, before that, we came into the, the semifinals, I thought it would be a very, very close matchup between the two of them, kind of like the, the state semi uh, a couple of years ago when North Haven played New Canaan. New Canaan was one of the best teams I've ever seen that year, and North Haven held them to 17 points, even though they didn't score any. Um, and then, I don't know, this, this offense, though, seems to be just clicking on all cylinders right now. And, and if North Haven, which is, I've, I've been told, plays pretty good pass defense, if they can't cover these guys, Swindell and Smith and some of the other receivers they have, they're going to be on a long day because they, they take a lot of time. They, they run the ball methodically. And I, I think McCain's defense is good enough where they're going to keep North Haven scoring average. They're, they're the highest scoring team in the state. But I think McCain's defense is good enough where they, they can kind of hold New, uh, North Haven down and, if North Haven can't cover those receivers, they're going to be in big trouble. This could be a mismatch. The killer thing for New Canaan is their offensive line is so good. You know, just the left side along with Lucas Niang, you know, you just have these big brawny guys, and it's just so tough to get to Collins, and you know, who really doesn't need a whole lot of time to process what he's what he's going to do before he throws. So, you know, you know, North Haven has to get to him. How I don't know, but. They have to get to him. Um, even Darian really didn't get to him, except for the coverage fact, right? Now that's basically what. Yeah, I mean, even I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, Yang did a, did a really good job against Advanced for most of the game. Now that all being said, you know, North Haven could just lie back and just you know, keep trying to waylay the receivers. Uh, you know, sort of like what Tan did a few years ago to Massick uh, in the state semifinals. But oof, that's a tough one. Yeah, like, who do you put on Smith? Who do you put on Swindell? And, and do they have any more covered guys? I mean, I know, like, uh, Periotti's pretty good. And 
Cano's pretty good back there, and, and they, they do play pretty good defense. But, uh, you know, there's so many other weapons in there, and they're so good. The coaching staff is so good. But, I mean, it's the same offense that Darian basically runs. Uh, they're so good at finding scenes in, in people's defenses. And, and just, you know, next thing you know, the receiver's wide open with nobody on them. And, and you're like, what the heck? It's, it's incredible what they do there, and, and they deserve a, a lot of credit for that coaching staff. Um, yeah, that's, that's the key for me. Can North Haven cover their receivers? This, you know, the, the, this would be a good game for North Haven to have those 20-play, 10-minute drives. Yeah, quarter-killing drives. The whole quarter. Like yeah. they did Mask in, in uh, 2011. They took the whole quarter away from Mask. That's what they need. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're capable of it. You know, cats like Mike Monta- uh, Montano and Connor Sarasi, you know, they're two of their top backs. You know, just, you know, five, seven yards at a time. When when you talk to coaches that of teams who are trying to defend or who run, uh, you know, single wing, double wing, wing T sort of offenses, the thing that you hear from them most is, look, if we know the other team knows what we're going to run, if we execute well, then we're going to you know do well, and that's that's where it comes down to here because it's not like you know, New Canaan's coaching staff obviously giving credit or year year after year. They've got a lot of good players on that side. But, you know, North Haven's got to be thinking, you know, look, if we do what we've been doing all season, um, you know, we're going to be able to, to move the ball. you just got to execute. They're not looking for 15-play, 20-play, or 15-yard, 20, uh, 20-yard runs. They're looking for four, five yards, maybe a clip. Um, you know, just, just hit your blocks and, and move the chains a little bit, which I think, you know, New Canaan, obviously, they're going to know that, that that's coming. Um but I think I think the fact that you know what we're going in pretty simple and we're not going to try to change things around. I think that's got to give North Haven at least a little extra confidence here. Um, you know, going in knowing that hey, we we know what we're going to do. We're not going to probably try to put in some wacky tricks or, or game plan and whatnot. And I think to some degree too, that's got to be uh, something that's sticking out in, in New Canaan's heads. Is hey, you know what? We know exactly what we've got to do, and sometimes when you know what you've got to do exactly, it's almost it might even be a little bit hard to do it. So I, I think that's that's kind of a fascinating part of the matchup. Here, here's some that works in North North Haven's favor. Oh, well, go ahead, Ned. I'll, I'll let you go first. I was about to say the one the one advantage North Haven has here is you know, who runs a single wing besides I mean, besides them, right? And it's not like you can replicate it well in defense. You know, everybody's so used now to you know. Playing against spread teams, someone with North Haven and what they do, and huh, what? And then how to defend it. Yeah. The other thing that I thought of too is, you know, we're you know, talking about, you know, well, you know, North Haven can go maybe, you know, four or five yards at a time. Just the, what I've watched from them this year on tape, they're going like seven, ten, twenty yards each play. Yeah, <laughs> they're not exactly chewing up yards. You know, just what watching what they did in the Middletown game, it was just ridiculous. You know, it was it was just Sirachi and Montana were just being shot through, shot out of a cannon every play, just straight up the middle, bam, ten yards, fifteen yards. Well, I was gonna say the thing that works out in, in maybe North Haven's favor here is that nobody really runs the ball in the FCA. I mean, Darian did it against Southern, which was kind of shocking to me. I mean, they did it against Greenwich, but nobody really ever runs the ball in the FCA. They just don't, um, and then and if they do, they're not really good at it. Um, and North Haven is has got it down to. Science. I mean, they they perfected it. Um, this is their best team uh, I've ever seen, uh, at least on film. I haven't seen them live, but um, you know that 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 could work in their favor. And and New Canaan defense, um, you know, hasn't it's been good, especially you know the last few days, uh, last few weeks. But it, it, there's been times where teams have been able to ball control against them. I mean, I saw Greenwich do it. They tried to run run the ball a lot, and. So that that obviously works in North Haven's favor. They can do that. They can get you know, like Ned said, five, seven yards clip. Um, North Haven's going to be in great shape because if you can't stop North Haven, uh, if you can't tackle them, then you're in, in for a long day. And then the longer they keep Collins on the sidelines, the good thing that it won't be cold out. He, you know, he'll be sitting there freezing while they're running on these twenty yard, twenty excuse me, these twenty play quarter long drives. Um, that's going to be key for them. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I, I think works for North Haven. And I'm just curious, and this is, you know, sort of a from an impartial uh, perspective here, but it almost feels like more than any other game, the, the, the semifinal that maybe 
changed people's perceptions or maybe raised the most questions, even though they won, was that 21-14 victory over Weathersfield for North Haven because their offense hadn't really even been slowed down prior to that game. You wonder if, if, if they had put up their typical yeah. 40 points you know, in, in the semifinals, if maybe we'd even have a little different uh, feeling going into this final. But that seems like that maybe was the, the result that sort of changed people's uh, viewpoints a little bit more than any of the other ones in the semifinals, possibly with the exception of the, the Darien-Southington game. I'm curious how, what you guys yeah, I mean, agree I, with I, me on that. I saw Weathersfield, Ned saw Weathersfield. We, I don't know about Ned, but I thought Weathersfield's defense was much better than Canaan. Um, they really know how. They really know how to defend the run. They did a pretty nice job against uh, Windsor, even though Benny Coles uh, broke loose for a couple plays there, and, and then they gave up some big yards when the game was on the line. But um, you, you know, the, the, you can't undersell. You know what? What that was impressive by Weathersfield last week, and I think it was good for North Haven to get a taste of that. You know, I think we came maybe just a little bit weaker on the defensive side than maybe when, uh, excuse me, than Weathersfield is. But at the same time, they they can just score at any time, uh, and that's the that's the key. I think. Weathersfield's offense not as nearly as good as and Collins and guys. Any any team, uh, they're going to take it, and that's going to be that's going to be that. North Haven, if, if it has to play catch up, it, it's not going to do it. I mean, this team more than than its previous teams probably can play catch a little bit more, but I think North Haven, excuse me, Duquesne will be able to. They know how to pass ten, so they'll be in good shape with that. One thing about the North Haven Weathersfield game is North Haven still got the guard so. Yeah, Montana and Sirachi, between the two of them almost got <laughs> had well over 300 yards, about 10 yards a clip. So they got their yardage, just couldn't punch it in. And Weathersfield's defense is really tough. Uh, the Richard Williams kid at linebacker. Oh, oh yeah, he's great. All, fantastic all-stater. Those kids love to hit. So a lot going on uh, in that that uh, Class L championship game. That certainly should be uh, an interesting, uh, as you say, sort of contrast and and seeing whose uh, whose style wins out. So we'll do a couple. Uh quick hitter kind of questions here that I, I have not prepared this panel for at all, but uh, I'm, I'm very confident that they're going to be able to uh, to come through. So we'll just kind of go around the horn here with just a couple kind of quick questions. And uh, starting with this, what when once Saturday night is over, uh, who's the one player or maybe one or two players that you think everyone's going to be talking about? Who's going to kind of be the 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 name uh, that, that sort of really stands out um, from championship weekend? Sean, we'll start with you. Oh, Hudson Hamill from Darien. I mean, we 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 know about Avancic, and we know about uh, Timmy Graham, but Hudson Hamill, uh, the, the kid, I, I, he's been involved in some of the craziest plays I've seen this year. I mean, we all saw the ref play where he ran to the ref, but that forget that for a second. How about the one against uh, St. Joe where Timmy Graham gets waylaid by Cam, uh, Cam Ryan from St. Joe, and the ball skitters across the turf, and Hudson Hamill picks it up and dances into the end zone. Uh, the kid is... is He's not much taller than me, maybe uh, 5'8", and he's just an incredible player. And not a ton of people talk about him a lot because there's just so many stars on that team. But he, he scored three touchdowns and just ran right through uh, Southern his defense like it was you know, nothing. And uh, you know, I think he's, he's in for an, another big day against Sheldon. I think he's one of the, the best players in the state, Hudson. Ned, how about you? Player of the weekend, who do you got? Uh, I was going to go with Timmy Graham. Uh, yeah, that's you know, good. He, uh, you know, he's just been so crisp and efficient. When talk, talking to uh, to Jeff Roy of Shelton, the word crisp just kept coming out every time he talked about Darian's offense. Uh, and he's played well in big games this year. Uh, you know, the New Canaan game, well over 400 yards. Uh, and I think he's he. Well, I'm a cheat here. <laughs> Timmy Graham, Mark Vancheck, offensive defense. All right, we'll uh, we'll allow the cheating. You cheated when I gave you your uh, had you pick the game of the week in the preseason too. So we'll, we'll you've you've got a history of that with this podcast, but that's all right. Kyle, what about you? Uh, player, <laughs> I think I got through school. Well, all right, player uh, Kyle, player that's uh, people are going to be talking about uh, Saturday night. I tell you, if if North Haven manages to pull the upset, um, you're going to be talking about Mike Montano. I mean, he is is tough and as gritty as a runner as they get. And, um, you know, if they manage to pull that off, I think everybody's expecting Darien to win the double L game pretty easily. I think most people who claim they know more than everybody else about high school football around here thinks that New Canaan's going to win. I'll tell you what, if North Haven wins, I think Montana's going to be the guy where everyone says, boy, that uh, he, he's awfully good. Honorable mention to when New Fairfield wins 
Class oh, M, Kyle Brennan is going to be opening up holes left and right. Well, sure. Yeah, I think that goes. <laughs> Ozzy the... Ballhawk. Yeah, everyone knows him already. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I think we, we know that everyone is talking about Kyle Brennan every Saturday night. Um, how about this one? Uh, quick hit. Obviously, you know, predicting upsets and things like that, but what do you if, – if there's one surprise that you think may be coming out of this weekend, what would it be? Uh, we'll, we'll go reverse order this time. Kyle, what do you think? If there's one thing surprising either result or, or player or maybe even just how the way a game goes, what do you think is, is maybe the most likely thing to uh, surprise people coming through the weekend? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going out on the limb and maybe hoping more than actually thinking that North Haven's actually going to beat uh, New Canaan. Um, so if that does happen, I think that'll be the big surprise. Otherwise, um, I, I think the fact that the, for just the average watcher who might not have paid attention or always thinks those upstate teams are, are no good. Um, I think the level that the Ansonia Bloomfield game is going to be, um, competitive like down to the last drive i think i mean i think Ansonia's going to win i think i picked a 24 to 20 um i think the level that, that that game is going to be close and neck and neck the entire way and the way that bloomfield might be able to move the ball against Ansonia might uh might uh, might surprise some folks ned what about you surprise for the weekend see i was just about to say Ansonia winning by double digits <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you know, that's that would be, I'm I'm thinking that would be the thing that might surprise people. You know, and Sonia winning by double digits, and I think I'm going that way. All right, Mr. Bowley, how about you? So there are going to be any more than ten passes in the uh, the Brookfield uh, Bearfield game. If there's any more than five, I'll be shocked. Um, but I know Brookfield likes to too run many throw the ball of it. Yeah, too, too many. <laughs> I, if they have zero passes, that would be the greatest thing ever. Um, in a close game, like you know, seven or like six to, or like six to seven or something like that, in overtime where it was zero zero throughout the game, that would be great. Um, you know, I, I think another surprise would be I know a lot of people are thinking uh, Darian's going to win easily, but uh, you know, if Darian manages to shut out Sheldon, I think that's going to be a shock, and I think they're certainly capable of doing it. Um, you know, I, when I mean when I say shut out, I mean completely the whole game, but I, mean, I think that, that you know, they could, they have a chance to put a walloping on, on Sheldon that, uh, that Southern saw him, and they're, they're that good right now. All right, how about uh, how about game of the weekend? We'll, uh, and I think we sort of got a hint of, uh, of Mr. Brennan's answer, but we'll start with uh, with Ned. What's, uh, what's going to be kind of the, the memorable game for the weekend? Class M, I think. Um, just because they know each other. They, you know, New Fairfield's playing at such a better level than it is the first time around. Uh, I expect Brookfield to, you know, play well, uh, you know, to not putz around or, you know, or go through whatever has uh, plagued them at times this year. Uh, I think that's the game that's going to be the most fun, the closest, and not just because they both run the ball. But I think that's, to me, that's the one that I think is going to be the tightest. Kyle, how about you? Yeah, I would agree. I, I think that M is, has the best chance of being uh, the closest game, um, even if it's not doesn't end up being the closest. I mean, I think it's the one that you can depend upon as having. You know, if you want to put a spread more or less on the game as to okay, this team can win by this much or this team could win by this much. I, I think you look around. I think that if Shelton somehow won, it would be like a one score, one point game over Darien, whereas Darien would would win in a blowout. I think pretty much the same for North Haven and New Canaan. I think if New Canaan won, it would have a better chance of blowing out uh, North Haven than, than the opposite. And I think that Antonio is probably more capable um, you know, of winning over Bloomfield by, by a bigger margin than vice versa. I think, I think in New Fairfield and Brookfield, I mean, I wouldn't put it any higher than, than 10 points either way. Um, I think if you're looking at the most competitive, that's, that's the consistent pick. Sean, what about you? Oh well, I mean, Kyle's pretty much wrapped it up right there. I mean, I I think the the S game is going to be the best one though. Uh, for people who just like big plays, a lot of excitement, a lot of things going on. I mean, Brookfield, New Fairfield is going to be more of like a you know your your traditional football you know smash mouth type of game, the type Ned loves, that I love to a certain degree. You know, but if you're looking ah. for like fireworks, if you're looking for fireworks, I, I think that the the S game is going to be is going to be off the charts. Um, but I do think. 
you know, as much as I said, oh, well, Darian could probably wall up Shelvin. I mean, I do think Shelvin's capable of hanging with him and, and making that a, a pretty tough game. And, you know, like we said before, their offensive line is pretty good. And I would not be surprised, uh, and they're well coached, and I would not be surprised if Shelvin like, actually hang around and make that a game in late, late in the fourth quarter. I still think uh, Darian wins, um, and I think they're probably going to win, you know, relatively big, but, you know, I would not be shocked at all to see that game really coming down to the wire as well. All right, some excellent uh, conversation, and it all kicks off on uh, on Saturday, the Class M final, Brookfield at New Fairfield at West Haven, 10:30, Class S final, uh, Bloomfield versus Ansonia at 10:30 at Willowbrook Park. Then at 2:30, you've got the Double L Shelton Darien matchup, and then in West Haven, and then also at 2:30, North Haven New Canaan in Class L. Gentlemen, you can check out all of uh, these these folks' fine works. Kyle Brennan at the Waterbury Republican American, Sean Boley for the New Haven Register and Game Time CT, and Ned Griffin for the New London Day. Gentlemen, uh, greatly appreciate it as I had hoped. I just stood out of the stood out of the way and let you guys uh, talk a little football and. Uh, Looking forward to a, a big weekend and a lot of fun. So thanks very much for joining us. Hey, thank, thank you very much. Thank you so much to those three gentlemen for taking about an hour to uh, to talk with me. They are three of the guys who really make following high school football around the state of Connecticut a lot of fun. They do a great job. You can check out all of their work for their respective papers. Also online, the Waterbury Republican American has a great new site, The Zone. You can check out Ned Griffin's blog, The Lonesome Polecat, is must-reading if you are a high school football fan in Connecticut. And, and Sean Boley uh, moderating and uh, controlling things there at Game Time CT does a wonderful job as well keeping all of the information lots of great stuff those guys do an absolutely wonderful job tracking high school football around the state so uh, thank them all very very much for being with us and we thank you all for being with us on another edition of the CIAC cast it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend we've got uh, what looks to be some very very favorable weather we hope fans will come on out and check out the best high school football in the state of Connecticut eight teams Four championship games should be a lot of fun. And if you can't make it out, of course, the NFHS Network is your place to uh, to watch the games online. For the price of a ticket to being at the game, you can watch uh, up to uh, to one game. You could get a, a, a week or a month subscription and watch all four games if you'd like. You can do that as well. So really encourage folks. Hope you'll check that out if you're not able to make it to the game. Spread the word to your family and friends. If they're not going to be able to make it, that they can watch online. But we really hope fans will uh, will come on out. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a really great weekend of high school football. So again, we thank our three guests for being with us. I am Joel Cookson. We will be back in uh, probably in just a few weeks. I don't think we'll be doing a football recap next week, but maybe the week after that, a little pre-holiday CIAC cast. But until then, I am Joel Cookson. Thank you so much for being with us. Hope you'll come back soon for another edition of the CIAC cast. <laughs>